Welcome to the In the Scriptures podcast. The following Bible lesson was previously recorded. Hello everyone. I'm going to bring a lesson to you tonight for our Wednesday night Bible study pre-recorded lesson. Hope that you'll start joining us uh, if you're at all able to back in the building on Wednesday nights at Sandlin Road. Uh, we're meeting at 7 p.m. and having Bible classes there. But tonight for this Bible study, I invite you to take your Bibles and follow along with me as we look at some uh, key verses that talk about the church in particular. And, you know, sometimes we, we find out that maybe we have a, a misconception about the church and maybe we have kind of gotten our mind centered around something that is really not the church at all. Uh, sometimes we get defined by the different uh, labels and man-made denominations and divisions that have come about in the church and we're really not known by what the church is to be according to the scriptures. It's interesting that you know somebody says, well, well so-and-so started a church or so-and-so planted a church or so-and-so began a church but when we read in the bible in matthew chapter 16 jesus said in verse 18 i will build my church and the gates of hades shall not prevail against it jesus built his church it's not up to us to build the church it's up to us to be a part of it and it's up to us to help bring others to it, but it's Christ's church. It's our Lord's church. It's not ours. The kingdom of heaven is something that Jesus opened the doors to, not something that any man or any person or any group of people opens the doors to. In Colossians chapter 1, in talking about the work that Jesus um, has done, there's really some interesting language that talks about uh, Christ and His preeminence and what has happened because of Him. As a matter of fact, Paul, in writing this letter uh, to the brethren in Christ, he says in verse 2, Colossians chapter 1 and verse 2, to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ who are in Colossae, that's how he addresses this letter. And he's emphasizing the faith that is in Christ, the truth of the gospel of Christ. And in verse 7, he talks about uh, our dear servant Epaphras, who is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf. And so all of these things are belonging to Christ. It's his church. We're followers of him. And it says in verse 13 that God has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love, talking about Jesus, in whom we have redemption through His blood, through, again, the blood of Jesus. That's the great gospel message, that Jesus shed His blood for us. We have the forgiveness of our sins through Him. He says further in verse 15 that Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by Him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through Him, through Jesus, and for Him. And verse 17 says, And He is before all things, and in Him all things consist. And then notice verse 18. And He is the head of the body. Jesus is the head of the body, the church. 
Again, he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. You see, Jesus is the head of the church. Jesus is the preeminent figure of our faith. We've got to keep him there and be careful that we don't misconstrue church into something else that it's not. Down in verse 24, Paul writes, I now rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up in my flesh what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ for the sake of his body, which is the church. The church is the body of Christ. Christ here on earth, if you will. Christ here as the kingdom of God. He says in verse 25, Of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God, which was given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. He says further in verse 26, The mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations, but now has been revealed to his saints. To them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Him we preach, Jesus we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. To this end I also labor, striving according to his working, which works in me mightily. Paul says he's making every effort to teach everyone that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, who came into the world, shed his blood on the cross of Calvary, rose on the third day, and he did this to establish his own church that we're to be a part of. I want to ask you tonight to just stop and think about your own self and your own life and maybe raise this question, and, and that is, are you a part of Jesus's church? Are you a part of Christ's church? When he said, I will build my church, are you truly a part of that? And I'm not talking about the brick and mortar place where you attend church, quote unquote. I'm talking about you individually. Are you a part of the body of Christ, the Lord's church? Well, in order to answer that, we might read a few other scriptures that are very key. When Jesus said, I will build my church to the disciples, there came a point in time in which that actually happened. We read about this in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 2. And it's on the day of Pentecost in Jerusalem when the Holy Spirit comes upon the twelve apostles in particular and they speak with the other they, they speak to the people that are gathered there. In verse 14 of Acts chapter 2, Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them. So he began speaking and preaching to this crowd. And he talks to them about Jesus and how that Jesus has been sent to them from God and how that Jesus died the crucifixion death at their hands. And in verse 32, in particular, he says, This Jesus God is raised up, of which we are all witnesses, therefore being exalted to the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured out this which you now see and hear. Talking about seeing them with this 
outpouring of the Holy Spirit and the speaking that they were doing to them. And so he goes on to say in verse 36, Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. And it says in verse 37, When they heard this, they were cut to the heart. And they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Great question. What shall we do? Verse 38, Peter said to them, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. And with many other words he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized. And that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. And this is the beginning of the church. Those who were baptized, not into Peter's church, but baptized into Christ's church. Baptized because of their faith in Christ. And so we read in verses 46 and 47 at the close of Acts chapter 2, that so continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. The Lord added to the church, not, not Peter, not the other apostles, not any person, not any denomination. No, the Lord added to the church, and not to this church or that church, but to the church. You see, man has really made a mess of faith in dividing into all kinds of different churches. There is one church, and that's the Lord's church. The question is, are we a part of it? Because that's where we need to be. It's what we need to be a part of and be, and be committed to. In the book of Ephesians, there's some interesting teaching, very important teaching given by Paul to the church at Ephesus where he talks about Christ and the church. And here's what he says. He says, beginning in verse 22 of Ephesians chapter 5, Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church. I want to ask you a question as we read that right there. Who is the head of the church that you're a part of? You see, this is also where man has made a mess of it in some cases. Some would say this person or that person is the head of their church. Well, right here in the scriptures we read that Christ is head of the church. And he says at the end of verse 23, he is the savior of the body. He's the savior of the church, the head of the church, the savior of the church. Verse 24, therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Who is your church subject to? Are they subject to a certain person, certain men, a certain organization, a certain 
denomination, a certain convention, a certain creed. No, our, our allegiance is to be to Christ. Our head is Christ. And we're to be subject to Christ. Verse 25, he says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. You see, Jesus loves the church, gave himself for the church, purchased the church with his own blood, cleansed the church with his own word, and is presenting the church to himself as a glorious church through all of these means. And then in verse 32, it's interesting, Paul says, This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. In other words, it seems like this is mysterious. This is something that maybe few understand. And I would submit that even today it seems that few understand it because there are so many divisions among men when it comes to what we call the church. But you see, really it's simple. The church belongs to Christ the church was built by Christ. And if it's not built by Christ, if it's not subject to Christ, if it's not Christ's church, then we really need to stop and ask ourselves, what is it? And so I want to ask you with yourself, your own personal faith, are you serving in the Lord's church? Are you a part of the kingdom of God that is found in Christ? Were you baptized into Christ and added to the church by the Lord? Or have you been added to the church by men or added to the church by an organization or added to the church by a denomination, by something other than the simple truth of the Word of God and the establishment of the church by the standard of Christ? It's His glorious church. No matter the name on the building, the true test is for each of us to be sure that we are serving Jesus Christ as Lord and that He is the head of the church. And so this is a call to all of us as individuals, as leaders in the Lord's church, whether you hold the office of elder or preacher or teacher, deacon, whatever it may be, asking the question, are you a part of a godly, a God-ordained office in the Lord's church based on what the Bible teaches? And are we a part of the Lord's church as Christ established it, as He built it? That's what we need to endeavor to do with all of our might. Because Christ gave Himself for His church, not for something that man built and created on his own. I hope that you're a part of Christ's church. I hope that you 
are an active part in the kingdom of God, worshiping and serving Him, loving God with all of your heart, soul, and mind, worshiping God as we read about it in the New Testament, and then helping your neighbor as Jesus taught and gave us example and sharing His love and compassion with all those around you. If you're not, I want to invite you to come visit with us at Sandlin Road. I really believe you'll find a group of people who are striving to do just that, to serve Christ to the very truest sense possible, to be a part of the kingdom of God, to love one another and to love God and to worship and serve together. Come be with us. We meet on Sundays at 10 a.m. for Bible classes, 11 a.m. for worship, again at 5 p.m. for a period of worship and study, and then on Wednesday nights at 7 o'clock for Bible study as well. You can find us online at sandlinroadchurch.com. Plan your visit. Reach out to us there uh, via email. You can contact us via our Facebook page or Instagram and uh, let us know that you would like to visit, and we'll reach out to you and help you along that path, introduce ourselves to you. If you'd like to schedule a time of personal Bible study, then same thing. Send us an email, send us a message, let us know what your wish is. If you've got a specific prayer request, you can also send that to us via message, and we'll be glad to respond and help in any way that we can. I hope to see you soon uh, with us at Sandlin Road, and until then, stay studying the Scriptures and find a way to be a part of the Lord's Church, the Body of Christ, that he'll save eternally in heaven someday. Will you pray with me tonight? Our Father in heaven, we humbly bow before you, thankful to call upon you as our God, thankful that we can be called your children because Christ died on the cross for the sins of the world. Father, we pray that you help us always put our faith in Christ, not in man. Help us put our faith in uh, the words of Christ and not the words of men. Father, help us be a part of the body of Christ, Christ's church that He built that will be saved eternally. Father, we're so thankful that we can have the knowledge of Christ, that we can have the knowledge of the gospel, the good news that Jesus came, that He died, that He arose from the dead, ascended to heaven, and will return again. Father, help us place our eyes on heaven. Help us place our trust in You. We beg for your mercy and your forgiveness knowing that we stumble and we make mistakes. We pray tonight for those that are sick and suffering. We know this life brings a lot of difficulties and it's why we need to look to you, look forward to that heavenly home in which there will be no more pain, no more suffering, no more tears. And Father, we just pray your blessings on all who need our special prayer tonight. We pray that you would be with us, watch out for us, Help us be always looking to you. Help us stay faithful to you to the end. We pray that the borders of your kingdom may spread, that the truth may be known, and that Christ may be glorified. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen.